May only your word be spoken, O Lord. May only your word be heard. Amen. Please be seated. Or remain so if you are at home. Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and give to God the things that are God's. Well, that shut the Pharisees up as they were trying to get Jesus in trouble. See, being under the authority of Rome, no one in Israel could say they shouldn't pay their taxes to Rome or to the emperor. That kind of thing could get you in a lot of trouble really quick. Then again, as an Israelite, you really couldn't be boasting about giving money to a country whose leader claimed to be God. So the Pharisees trapped. How could Jesus say to give financial support to a government that claimed divinity of their leader? How could Jesus say to give financial support to a Roman society that ate exceedingly non-kosher and lived exceedingly not according to the ways of Israel? How could Jesus say to give money to a government that kept soldiers garrisoned in Israel to keep Israel in line, no longer as a free nation? The Pharisees thought they had Jesus pretty well caught in their trap. I dare say we often think that we have each other similarly trapped when we talk about and question how people who say they love Jesus could possibly vote differently than how we or I or you would vote. Sometimes the government doesn't do what we believe is following the ways of God, and sometimes they do. So how we vote is important. Our faith will likely influence how we vote, and our faith is going to influence some of us to vote one way and some of us to vote another way. Yet in our convictions and in our faith, we often wonder, how can anyone who claims to be a Christian vote differently than how I vote? As a Christian. And then in our hubris, we lay for each other the Pharisees' trap. Into that trap, Jesus said, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus recognized that we live simultaneously in at least two kingdoms. Jesus and all of Israel lived in the empire of Rome and in the kingdom of God. Whether Jesus liked living under Roman control or not, he accepted it as a reality that would not change without bloody armed revolt. And even then, it probably wouldn't change. So Jesus decided or realized or knew that he could live simultaneously under the authority of Rome and still live in the kingdom of God. We too live in at least two kingdoms. We live in the kingdom of the United States of America, and we live in the kingdom of God. I might say the kingdom of Texas too, but that's another story. How do we live in these two kingdoms as faithful followers of Jesus? Some would say that doing so depends upon how you vote, and that voting for a candidate who believes in something contrary to the teaching of Jesus is voting against Jesus. I would say that's not what Jesus said. 
Remember that in saying yes to paying Roman taxes, Jesus said yes to giving, giving to a government that was decidedly anti-Jewish. Jesus said yes to giving financial support to a government that did things with the money that Israel and Jesus himself really didn't like. In the difficult situation of paying taxes to the Roman government, Jesus said, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and give to God the things that are God's. Remember also that in answering the Pharisees' question, Jesus had them show him a coin which had the emperor's likeness on it. Jesus used the coin as a symbol, and not only a symbol of money. The coin was a symbol of Roman government and the authority under which they lived, like it or not. Notice, however, that he used no such symbol for God's kingdom and the authority under which they lived. By having a symbol for Rome's kingdom, Jesus showed that Rome's kingdom was limited. God's kingdom was not. So how do we live in at least two kingdoms, one limited and one not? What do we give our government and what do we give to God? Well, to the government, we give our votes. We give what we owe for taxes. We give our opinions to our elected officials and we give our basic obedience to the laws they set forth. Sometimes we also give our civil disobedience to those laws when they are unjust. Now that's a decent and non-exhaustive list of what we give our government. But what about God? What do we give to God? Everything. I don't mean that we should give God everything or that we ought to give God everything. I mean, whether intended or not, we give God everything. The kindness we give to people we know and love and the kindness we give to people we barely know are given to God. Similarly, the hurt, contempt, and indifference we give to the people we know and love are given to God. And the hurt, contempt, and indifference to give we people we hardly know are given to God. Our votes, even, are given to God. And I dare say most of us are doing our darndest to vote in the way that honors God's kingdom, even when we vote differently from each other. So don't let anyone tell you that your vote is against God. Do question how best to vote in a way that brings life and love and beauty to God's kingdom. Talk with each other about that respectfully and lovingly. Wrestle together. And think how your vote adds to God's kingdom. Because everything we do adds or takes away from God's kingdom. Now, realizing that we give 
everything to God. The point is not to feel shamed or scared or that messing up is going to anger God or what if we give God the wrong thing. The point is to see the beauty of God's kingdom all around us, to see the light and the love of God's kingdom all around us, and to let that beauty, light, and love transform us continually into beauty and light and love, and then to live naturally out of that. Looking at all we have as part of God's kingdom of beauty, light, and love, we see that everything we do and everything we give and keep and take is done in God's kingdom to enhance or diminish the beauty, light, and love of God's kingdom. And again, as to any thoughts of shame or fear, we're all going to take a lot of actions which diminish the beauty, light, and love of God's kingdom. God knows this, and God works to redeem those things. Perfection is not what God asks of us, never has been. God asks that we work continually to align our motivations and our actions to accord with God's will and God's ways, so that we make continual progress toward enhancing the beauty, light, and love of God's kingdom. Now, I can't give every specific action of how we are to act to enhance God's kingdom, but I can say, based on Jesus' teachings, that the more we act as lords over others, demanding our will and our way, Assuming we know best for them, the more we diminish the beauty, light, and love of God's kingdom. On the other hand, the more we act as servants to others, not as servants who are superior to others, but as true servants, the more we enhance the beauty, light, and love of God's kingdom. See, God's kingdom is in all of creation and through all of creation. God's kingdom is in and through and beyond all governments and all political systems. When I talk about God's kingdom, I don't mean any particular religion or religious way of life. When I talk about God's kingdom, I talk about everything that is and was and is to be. So to the Pharisees' question, the way we try to trap each other in the Pharisees' trap, yes, how we vote is part of what we give to God. How we spend our money is part of what we give to God. How we spend our time, how we treat others is part of what we give to God. What do we give to God? 